This is Anchored in Christ, the sermon podcast that gives you hope in the gospel as an anchor for your soul. Brought to you from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. Our comes from Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Hear the word of the Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Let us pray. Lord, we know that you remember that night. We hear about it. But you visit us at night. And we pray that this night you would visit us in your word in a fresh way so that we would hear ourselves what the angels declared. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I really recognize it's not easy getting to Christmas Eve service. There's not a lot of parking. Besides, there's a lot of coming and going of family members. There's a lot of preparation that brings us right to this moment. I do want to thank all of those in this church who are part of preparing for worship. And you know who you are. I would be listing a long name, uh, list of names, but I want to thank this church for your preparation in making this possible. But here we are, and I'm so glad we are. Many come because they want to be here. And some come because others want them to be here. And they want to stay on the good side. A little boy wanted to get on the good side of God. And so he decided to write his Christmas wish list as a prayer. So he got a pencil and paper and he began to write, Dear God, I've been good for six months now. And then he thought about it and he crossed out six and he put three months now. He paused and thought, I think I'll put two weeks. And after a moment, he put his pencil down, went over to the nativity scene, got the figure of Mary, put it in his pocket, and went back to his writing. Dear Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, you will bring me what I have on my list. Now, we're here not to get on God's good side but to hear good news of what God has done for us and the good God wants to do in us for others. It's good news at Christmas. 
It is a transcendent. That means it's something beyond what we normally experience in this world. It is the story of Jesus, the Son of God, who came into the world to save us from self-inflicted destruction. And this is the mystery of the incarnation. God willingly put on flesh to become one of us. Let me illustrate. Paul Harvey was a broadcaster for ABC, better known in the last quarter of the 20th century. And he shared this story about one Christmas Eve. The man was not a bad man. In fact, everyone liked him. He was the first one to help when anyone was in need. His only flaw that was in his family's eyes was something that most people over people overlooked. This man did not believe in God. It's not that he didn't want to believe, it's that he couldn't believe what was said about God, especially God entering into time and space in the person of Jesus. And so the man, he had a wife, he had three kids, they all believed. And he was glad they went to church and Sunday school for the kids. The man did not want to be hypocritical. That's why he didn't go with them. That's why he didn't read the Bible. That's why he didn't pray. If he believed in God, it would perhaps be different. Well, it was Christmas Eve, and the forecast was for heavy snow. As his family prepared to go to the church, he was told by his wife, I sure would like, told by his wife, I sure would like you to come with us tonight. He said, no, I, I'll wait for you, and when you get home, we'll turn on the lights, light the candles, and start our family Christmas then. Go on without me. They dressed up warmly and left for church. The man settled in with his newspaper to wait for their return, and they'd not been gone too long before he heard a strange sound coming from the living room. At first, he tried to ignore it, but it became stronger, louder. He put down his paper and walked into the living room, and there he saw the cause of the noise. Birds were flying into the large picture window. Thump, thump, thump. As they tried to get into the warmth, and as the birds hit the window, they fell into the freshly fallen snow. The man stood there and watched. He hated seeing birds hurt themselves. He had to do something. So he went to the closet and he put on his heavy boots and his heavy coat. He trudged out into the yard thinking, you know, if I can get those birds down to the barn, they would be warm for the night. He came to the barn. He opened the doors. He turned on the light. He went back to the window and he tried swishing the birds towards the barn and it didn't work. The birds were afraid of him. They flew off in every direction. In exasperation, the man looked at the birds and thought, I'm trying to help them, but they think I'm an enemy. 
they think I'm trying to, I'm trying to kill them. If only I could show them. If only I could tell them I'm trying to help, that I care about them. If, and then he paused for a moment. If I could only become a bird, I could tell them the truth. This is the mysterious truth of the good news revealed in the Bible. It's unlike any other story in any other religion. The only begotten Son of God came down and became one of us. And from the Gospel of Luke, we know that he was born in a stable and placed in a feeding trough for animals. Jesus Christ did not remain among the heavens, above, above life's storms. He did not sit above the cyclones that we experience, looking down with indifferent eye. He entered into this world of sorrows. Remember the birds hurting themselves in an attempt to get warm. The only way for them to be helped was if one became like them to show them the way. And this is what God has done in Jesus. Reading on in Luke 2, we hear that an angel startled shepherds, declaring good news, great joy for all the people. For born this day in the city of David it is a Savior who is Messiah the Lord. Now, if the baby born in Bethlehem is in Bethlehem is God's son who has come with good news of help, why is he unrecognized? Let's consider this by comparing it with an event that occurred on January the 12th, 2012. Joshua Bell, one of the finest concert violinists in the world, played a 45-minute concert on violin that was valued at $3.5 million. He did it while he was in the subway of Washington, D.C., a station. More than 1,000 people passed by. Of those 1,000, Seven stopped to listen to him. One of them was a three-year-old boy. Now, why did only seven to listen? Because they did not recognize who he was. No one expects a world-renowned artist playing a multi-million dollar instrument to give a concert in the dingy light of a subway station. He played while people were just getting on with their lives. No one expected the gift of a master performer. The prophet Isaiah, whom we heard read, wrote in the 8th century BCE. He foretells that no one expects the Messiah to appear as he does. He said in Isaiah, he will go unrecognized because of his humble beginnings, like a root out of dry ground. There's nothing in his appearance that will attract people. Now, this is not what 
outer expects or demands. Kings are found in palaces and thrones, not stables or troughs. Isaiah gives another reason the Messiah will go unrecognized. He will look like one who suffers, who is acquainted with sickness and grief. Do you suffer? Do you, do you know on a first-name basis what it's like to be sick or to carry grief? You are the reason the Messiah came. This world is wounded, and it goes on wounding. We are all sin sick. Our wounds need a wounded healer, and our sins need God's forgiveness. Richard Dawkins scoffed at this idea. At this idea, He is the author of The God Delusion, the former professor of public understanding of science at Oxford University. Dawkins once debated John Lennox, a professor of mathematics at Oxford. The debate was on the existence of God. At one point, Dawkins said of John Lennox, he believes that the creator of the universe, the God who devised the laws of physics, mathematics, and physical constants, that this genius of mathematics and physical science could not think of a better way to rid the world of sin than to come to this little speck of cosmic dust and have himself tortured and executed so that he could forgive. That, says Dawkins, doesn't do justice to the grandeur of the universe. Why bother entering our small and broken planet? Why is God's Son unrecognized, despised, rejected by the people in Jesus' time and our lives today? Like Joshua Bell in the subway, no one expects to see a master performing in such a place. The Son of God goes unrecognized because he enters into the undignified places of our lives and he becomes dirty himself. Well, why did Jesus bother? He knew Isaiah's prophecy. He knew he would experience humiliation and rejection and suffering. Why did Jesus bother with us? It's a similar question that Detroit sports writer Mitch asked of Maury Schwartz, his favorite college professor who was dying of Lou Gehrig's disease. In his best-selling book, Tuesdays with Maury, Mitch asked Maury why he bothered following the news since he wouldn't be around to see how things turned out. Here's what Maury said. It's hard to explain, Mitch. Now that I'm suffering, I feel closer to people who suffer than I ever did before. The other night on TV, I saw people in Bosnia running across the street getting fired on, killed, innocent victims, and I just started to cry. I, I feel their anguish as if it were my own. I, I don't know any of these people, but how can I put this? I'm almost drawn to them. Do you hear? Do you hear the vo voice of Isaiah? 
prophesying about the Messiah. Verse 5 of chapter 53. He was wounded for our transgression, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. By his bruises we are healed. Jesus suffered because he loves us. He had to do something. He came to take your sin and receive your death so that you could receive his righteousness and live with him now and for eternity. This is the meaning of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. God gives the grace, not because we deserve it, but because of who God is. Jesus, born of Mary, is full of grace. We may not comprehend it, but we can receive it. Because his grace can receive it. Because his grace changes everything. It's as if that candle, the Christ light, begins to get light to your own world. And it is something that you then share with another. Who shares it with another? Real life, real light that changes the world. You may remember the name Everett Koop. He was former Surgeon General of the United States, told about parents whose severely handicapped child he delivered and helped to keep alive after birth. Coop writes, I asked the child's mother, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you? She said, having our son Paul born with defects that required 37 options to correct. Then Coop asked, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you? She said, having our son Paul born with defects that required 37 operations to correct. That's grace. She said, despite the hardships, it's been an overwhelmingly positive experience and a remarkable spiritual awakening have you ever have you ever experienced the overwhelmingly positive gift of God's gift of grace Jesus born of Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate if this grace is at work in you it becomes the testimony that the story story is true it's not a fairy tale. It's real. And if it's not your story, and you're like that bird caught in a snowstorm, hitting yourself over and over against some hard barrier in life that leaves you alone and afraid, ponder. Ponder the story. Because there's a door that's opened for you. The light's on. The, the masters come out of the home and into the cold to lead you so that you will never live in the dark and in fear again. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Old South Presbyterian Church in Newburyport, Massachusetts. 
If you'd like more information about our historic church, or you'd like to find out more about the gospel of Jesus, please visit our website at oldsouthnbpt.org. The peace of Christ be with you.